0: A lot of brands because, and I'm a brand guy, I've been working in brands for 30 years. But sometimes you have to let it go, like you just said. You know, it's it, this is completely different. This content creator is going to get you sales through their style. If you don't like their personality, don't work with them. 100, 100, 100. Hey everyone, this is Norm Ferrar, A.K.A. the Beard Guy here, and welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about something close to my heart. If any of you have been listening, you know how I feel about influencer marketing. So, we're going to be talking about shrink your ad costs with influencer paid social. We're also going to be talking about how to shrink your ad campaigns by about twenty percent. How to set all-time high sales records. No, you know not putting us up on a pedestal there. I'm putting my guest on a pedestal there. And what makes influencer marketing stickier than other channels. So welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. Influencer marketing, it's all the rage. So today we're going to be talking about shrinking your ad costs with influencer paid social. Our guest is a CEO of Outloud Group, of the Outloud Group and Influencer Marketing Industry's Most Trusted Agency. He has a team that's worked with hundreds of eight and nine figure brands. And in the past, he's worked as a former management consultant and active business builder. I'm talking about Brad Hoos, first time guest. But before we get to Brad, let's have a word from our sponsor. Launching products isn't like it used to be. To successfully launch your product, you need to hit that algorithm from all sides. Driving external sales, boosting social signals, and increasing product listing engagement are fundamental to success. Rebate is the first and only launch platform that delivers across this broad range. Get your product featured on Amazon.live through Rebate's Influencer Program. With this service, your product gets instant exposure to large audiences of shoppers and and permanent placement on Amazon Influencer Storefront, which drives perpetual sales. Run a sweepstakes campaign on Rebade and connect with shoppers off Amazon. And lastly, drive external sales with tried and true deals campaigns. Visit rebade.com today and get started with your 14 day free trial. And let's welcome our guest. How are you, sir? Oh, Norm, I'm doing great. Thanks. Appreciate you having me on here. Oh, it's great having you. Now, the nice part about this is that when we repurpose the content, that
1: whole ten-minute spiel will be edited out. So <laughs> we'll get right to you. <laughs> uh, that's that's no good. That was good spiel. I, I I appreciate listening to you and Kelsey. I know I know everyone does. <laughs> well, you know uh, the blunder, the boy
0: blunder. Uh, he you know he holds up his part. <laughs> You bet. You bet. Well, hey, we're, we're all a work in progress, right? We all are. Uh, okay. Like uh, I didn't have a chance really to talk too much before we got on, but this is what I'm doing, what we're talking about today. And I am not an influencer. I am trying to do it over the next year. I'm saying, look, if I'm an old guy, a 60 year old guy that doesn't know the first thing about TikTok that can go out and build up a small influencer base of 100,000 people, you can too. And this is what it will do for you. I think this is perfect timing today, Brad. Um, so why don't we just dive right into it? Love it. Yeah, let's let's do it. Okay, very good. So the first thing, I know a lot of people talk about influencer marketing. Can we just break down the, the sort of the
1: different tiers and where you think people should start at? Oh, wow. That's, that's, that's a great question. A great place to start. And, and it's a little bit of a complicated answer, right? Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, influencer marketing is word of mouth marketing at scale, right? So we take advice, we take recommendations from people that we know like and trust and ultimately Influencers are people that we have chosen to trust for, for whatever reason. Generally, it's because they have some domain expertise in, in a specific area. And then what, what happens, and I, I could nerd out on this pretty quickly into the psychological realm, but is we extend our trust for that individual outside of their area of domain expertise, right? It's called the halo effect in, in psychology. So, you know, for, for instance, I have a, a doctor friend who's a fantastic doctor, um, and I find people asking him uh, investment questions. And I sort of chuckle to myself because, well, he's, he's really not qualified to, to, you know, make any advice more than, more than anybody else, smart guy. So, uh, you know, good, good for him. Um, but, but we see that with influencers as well. So someone might be, you know, a beauty, a travel uh, influencer but we try take the recommendations in areas outside of of that right maybe for a pair of headphones or whatever whatever the case may be so you know influencer marketing is ultimately people who who trust so the question is really okay um so that that kind of makes sense but you know wh- where do you start wh- what are the options well you know f- first thing is that you know influencer marketing is is not necessarily the place i would recommend starting if you're a brand new brand right so we we definitely recommend folks you know optimizing your owned and operated first and then sort of the the low hanging fruit. So make sure you're, you're optimizing for, um, for SEO content and, and make sure your your paid social game is is tight and you're in a good spot. And generally speaking, once you see those two areas start to plateau and you're challenged, well, you're in a spot where you really need to build the brand a little bit more. And, and this is an area where influencers can can help you. And I wanna be clear, not just helping you with branding, but they're also absolutely helping you with, with conversion, but that's really kind of once you're at that point. Um, and so the, the, the realm of things that influencer can cover is pretty vast. Right, I mean, it's it's all the things that you would think. Um, unfortunately, people still think of influencers or sort of static images on Instagram, but it's so much more than that, right? It's it's YouTube. It is all the things on Instagram. I mean, what, as a tangent, what, what is Instagram? By the way, you have stories, you have static posts, you have videos, you have carousels, you have reels. Like what? I don't know. There's there's a lot of different pieces of of Instagram, and then there's there's paid and there's organic on Instagram. We certainly do a bunch of work on, on YouTube and podcasts and there's, there's a lot. Right. So ultimately where you start depends on a fundamental question. that I think marketers know they need to ask, but sometimes we have a hard time remembering that we need to actually answer it too. And that is ultimately, well, what does good look like? What are you trying to achieve? Um, and so depending on your answer to that question, because influencer is inherently a full funnel program, but some areas of influencer skew more branding, and some skew more more performance or conversion based. We're going to try to recommend where you should be based upon what it is that you're trying to achieve. So, Norm, there's a, there's a lot to influencer marketing. I don't want to give a, a squishy answer, but I think you know where where you want to go really depends on what you want to what you want to achieve, and so that it's that really understanding the answer to that question is is really truly the, the starting point for any influencer work you might do. Okay. You know, I, I mentioned this uh, during the intro,
0: and we talk about influencer marketing. Now you said at the beginning, uh, you, you probably when you're launching your product, you wouldn't go down that route. But once you get more established, you mentioned that influencer marketing is more stickier than
1: other channels. Why is that? Yeah, it, it, it's interesting, and um, I think that's something that we're still trying to get smarter about as well. But we you know we we work with a whole bunch of you know big brands, a lot of recurring revenue brands, and and the message that we continue to hear is that the lifetime value from influencers is higher than it is through other conversion channels. And and I think the reason is that it when 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 a consumer decides to make a purchase based upon the you know the advice of someone that's trusted, they they really believe in it at, at, the, at the onsite, right? You're you're starting with trust. And when you start with trust, I think people are already convinced that this is a good product or service. Whereas if you're just doing it based on a paid ad or uh, you know search, you're like, okay, well, I'm, I'm gonna give this a shot. Clearly someone's made a made a purchase. But they're maybe not willing to give the benefit of the doubt. Or, you know, if, if, if an influencer has followers that are part of the community and that community continues to see that influencer use that product over and over, there, there's something that's reinforcing and consuming that content that says, oh, this product is something that those of us who are part of this tribe continue to use. And, and so, as part of that, I think ultimately it stems from trust, right? It, when, when done right, creator's audience really trusts them. And th- that trust turns into being stickier customers of a brand that's recommended by, by that creator.
0: Yeah, interesting, you know, you're saying this because one of the things I'm trying to do, and you, you've you nailed it, is trying to figure out what's going to click. So if I use this title, or if I use this color, if I use, and I, I'm I'm trying to say, okay, here's what I can do each day. And if it works, I'm going to see engagement. And what's been happening is that's been happening. Uh, I've seen, okay, I nailed it. Okay. The next time it's like nothing. And then you go back and you get a few more extra views. And I'm again, I'm just experimenting. So, and I'm just using me as an example, but I, I guess you really have to um, get a feel if you're a good influencer of what can sell and how you can make those products sell because man I'm long-winded there's so many influencers out there that I've been looking at that put on a good show that make no sales I can like
1: I can tell that they will not make a sale have you seen that yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you, you nailed it about the experimenting now, like from a creator perspective. So, Hey, I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the Midwest in the, in the States You're from Toronto. Right. So like, you know, here in, uh, here, here in Detroit, I'll use a, a one of my favorite analogies, you know, w- when your car is stuck in the snow, you, you might know you need to go East but it doesn't really matter what direction you want to go. You just need to start trying to rock your car to get some movements. You might be rocking it north and south, right? Don't worry about it. you need to go east. You just need to get some traction and get some movement on that car. And then once, once you're actually moving, now you can reorient and, and figure out, okay, I need to go east. How do, how do I do that? So yeah, with, with Influencer, it, it is so hard to be able to put your finger on exactly what it is about certain creators that people trust and then take action on and and what others don't because it's it's different for creators than it is a brand and and, and what i mean right. by that is so many really really smart folks that we work with in in brands have spent in you know, a lot of times years sometimes decades developing a brand voice right here's the words you need to use here's our level of excitement here's our pentameter here's the colors if you know that's involved and and when you use influencers you need to throw all that stuff out the window because these are brand advocates. They're not trying to parrot your brand voice. There's a big difference, right? Brand advocates, brand voice. And so, as advocates, they they could use a totally different style. And what works for creator A isn't going to work for creator B or creator C. And you sort of this sounds silly, you know? Like you need to figure out who you are as a, as a creator as you're as you're going along because we all have different facets to ourselves. So it's not like anyone's putting on a show, but you need to figure out, you know, how you can come across by showing that element of who you truly are, and and I think that's the part that's that's hard for creators early on, and it's hard for a uh, brands to understand that,
0: especially larger brands. I know that. Um, I don't, do you know um, Wilfred Lighthart? Yeah, sure do. Okay. So Wilfred and I used to be in business together and we had this company, Digital Blacksmiths. So he's continuing on with Digital Blacksmiths. He's an awesome guy. But one of the things that came up time and time and time again is that he he would go take on the social media account and be seeing results. But what would the brand say? Oh, like maybe it's a meme or something like that, but it's not our brand voice. Oh, it's not, you know, it doesn't carry the brand, but you're getting results. Like let it go. No, we can't do that. And unbelievable the the fight and the struggle you have with a lot of brands because, and I'm a brand guy. I've been working in brands for 30 years, but sometimes you have to let it go. Like you just said, you know, it's, this is completely different. This content creator is gonna get you sales through their style. If you don't like their personality, don't work with them. So, uh, anyways, and that's the same on social. Uh it isn't it isn't. It depends if the if it's the if you're going onto social media and it's specific to the brand and they want to continue with their brand story, their brand culture. They might not let you play around. A lot of brands will not let you do that. But but if you're on a different social media account, driving traffic over to it, like what we used to do is build up communities and groups. That's a whole different ballgame. So I don't want to get that mixed up. But uh, anyways, of course, we
1: went down a different rabbit hole. (laughs) <laughs> no, it's, it's it's honestly so so important, and I mean, we we spend we spend so much of our time, energy, and, and effort as an influencer agency, sort of guarding brands against their worst initial first instincts, which is to say, like, well, they're not talking with excitement, right? The, the lighting's not quite right, you know. And it's like, oh, okay, that's that's the way it works for for them. So I think one of the the key tests for any brand if that wants to be successful in influencer marketing, and I think a lot of forms of marketing these days is are you willing to let go, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let, let your kid ride that bike without you, you hanging on. And if yes, really, really good things can, can happen. And if not, that that's okay. Just need to be aware of that up front in terms of trying to figure out what your, what your right strategy should be for marketing your product or service. And again, you nailed it uh, when we
0: started doing this. Uh, and a lot of this is about this challenge that I'm doing is perfect subject for it. But I was trying to do a Hollywood production every time. So my son looks at it and goes, what are you doing? Like, and especially for shoppable videos, just show your hands, just show, you know, your big hands in there pointing to things. You don't have to make it a Hollywood. It's one take, you know, it's one take dad. And we changed the, uh, that format. And off the first video we did, all of a sudden we were getting, on. this is on Amazon now, a ton of traffic. Like we, we got on their listing. They accepted it. It yeah. wasn't my face. You know, my face is for radio. And he told me that. And all I use is my fingers and I point, you know. Mm-hmm. And I got a script. And I, I try to make it a bit humorous, but at the same time, informative. That's what ended up working for us. No more Hollywood productions. Make TikToks, not ads, is what they like to say. And my TikToks take very little time, as you can probably say. They're really bad. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's why I get such a low following right now. But uh, let's talk about that, the following. You can have a huge following. And you, you as a brand, maybe you're not familiar with this. And you think, Wow. This, this person has a million followers or 100,000 or 500,000 followers. They got to be good. Well, how can you tell if this is, I, I, I tell people, like, if it's not your personality, if you don't want to work with an influencer because of that, don't. Uh, but how can you tell if the person's fake or just a bad influencer or somebody who's just gaming the system?
1: yeah for for sure. So I, I think what kind of what you're touching upon is more like fraudulence, right? Like hey, who, yeah. who, who's who's real? Who's got the fake followers? so there there's a ton of different tools that that are out there that allow you to to take a look at things. and um, just you're taking a few extra minutes and and taking a look at their engagement rate. hey, does this does this make sense? This person you know has a million followers and is getting five, you know, engagements on a on a post right just just t- take a look at that and you know we we have as an agency we have a little bit more sophisticated tools where we can see hey where there big spikes in, in in uh follower count that that happen, and sometimes that's from a video but other times it's from you know buying buying followers dur- during a certain period of time mm-hmm. so you know w- the way the way we do things again this you know i think just Dig into it a little bit more. If you're, if you don't have access to these tools, you know, spend a little bit more time. And and for us as a, as an agency, you know, we, we certainly are looking at creators track record of performance. Like, Hey, who's, who's delivered well for, for a brand? Because the, the second we have proof and data that shows, Hey, this audience goes to the website and makes purchases. At that point, we kind of don't care about what I Eloquently called BS engagement uh, metrics like likes, shares, and comments because that, that stuff doesn't really matter to a to a brand that's looking to partner with with, with influencers. Um, but once you have that that data, you're, you're certainly in good shape. But but yeah, out of the out of the jump, I'd say you know put put on your skeptic hat, look at some of the numbers, and, and get a decent sense for you know d- does this does this feel like this is an organic. Audience that that's truly engaged, and, and honestly, in, in most cases, it is. So uh, I, I think you know we, we don't want to have your first experience or your second experience in an in influencer be where you're kind of getting uh, hoodwinked a little bit. But um, you know, we, we, you do want to do that extra diligence to try to make sure you have a good sense that indeed the the creator's audience is is real and authentic. Right, and the influencer when you're, when you're hiring an influencer,
0: it's not necessarily just to get sales. So you might hire an influencer to be more uh, with brand awareness. Um, You know,
1: so you get impressions rather than sales. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, from, from my perspective, Influencer marketing is truly a full funnel program. So there's value and awareness, consideration, conversion. Happy to nerd out and, and go deeper into to any of those. But but you can be successful running an influencer campaign across any or all of those those buckets. So it's really important to clarify up front, again, like you know, not to not to be a broken record, but what, what does good look like to you? What are you trying to achieve?
0: Great. Okay. Now now that we have that established,
1: how do you ensure that you pick the right influencer for, to work with you? Yeah, yeah. So um, ultimately, there's there's an art and a, and a science to this. Um, so the the art is ultimately, hey, does this look like a creator that we would feel good about representing us as a as a brand? And I think that matters, right? So it, there is a difference between brand advocacy and brand voice, but you need to pick the right advocates for you as as well. So, so I think that art ex, exists and um, you know, we, we love to collaborate with brand teams to, to really understand things and just get as much information as, as humanly possible about brands. And then on the, on the science side, I think th- this, is, this is an area that the marketplace needs to continue to, to improve. Um, and so what we do as an influencer agency that's been around for over 15 years, which definitely makes us one of the OGs in the influencer world, is we're looking at all the data we have from historical performance between creators and brands and so we have a treasure trove of information that says oh these these creators that are you know targeting a a xyz demographic have performed really really well historically for um for conversion campaigns Mm. right and so then we're making recommendations based upon historical performance because we we believe historical you know, data is the best indicator of future performance. No guarantee, of course, but but we're really, really looking for for that. And so that's the way we're able to sort of systematize these things. And, and I think if you don't have this information, or frankly, if you do, the, the approach is, is pretty similar. Um, and this is the approach we take. This is the approach I would take to someone if they were just doing this on their own, is look, let's start with a small set of influencers, but that are big enough to actually have some insight. So somewhere in the range of six to 10 creators and be really purposeful about the creators that you're working with. Maybe they're across, you know, two verticals. So it might be outdoors creators and car creators, for instance. And look, you know, let, let those creators run, do their thing for for the brand. And then look at the data and understand who worked, who didn't. And in most cases, you're, you're going to have you know, a, a few creators who work really, really well. A few creators that don't work at all for the brand, and then you know, a few, a few right in the middle as well. They're like, man, well, we saw some signal, but but not great. And, and what you want to say is, okay, what are the common themes that we see from the creators who worked really well? And are, are there any common common themes that we can we can identify? And let's go to that second wave of testing. And now we want to test with more creators that are like those creators that performed well for us early on. Or maybe there's a lot of noise we can't tell. But what we can say is that, ooh, this segment of creators did not work well. So we do not want creators who look like this. Mm. And then we just want to continue to build and iterate. And so for us, as we're running really significant campaigns for for brands, we're still always in this test and, and learn approach, right? Where we've got creators that have worked well, then we move into you know, long-term relationships, long-term deals between those creators and brands, and then we're in theory continuing to get much smarter on our on our testing as as well, and so we can ramp up the testing or the performance as it makes sense for the for the brand.
0: All right, so it is the bottom of the hour. We've got uh, we've got to cut the podcast a little short today, but when we get back, we're going to be talking about how to shrink your ad spend by a or your ad campaign by about twenty percent. We're also going to be talking about how to increase, I'm going to say it, all-time high sales records through influencer gaming campaigns, and we're also going to talk about how influencer marketing acquires customers with 15% higher LTV. So uh, first, uh, if you're first time listening to the podcast, we're going to go, uh, if you want to enter our giveaway today, it's called. Hashtag lunch, uh, lunch with Norm. Hashtag Wheel of Kelsey, and tag two people. You get a second entry. Brad, why don't you tell everybody what the giveaway is today?
1: Sure. Yeah. So you know, as as an influencer agency, we're, we're working with you know constantly with brands to help grow and scale their their influencer campaigns. So uh, we will be happy to chat with with the winner uh, of today's campaign for one hour to talk about whatever you'd like related to helping set your your influencer strategy plan tactics, whatever's on your mind. We are here as, uh, uh, to be as helpful as, as possible, um, for, for an hour t- together. That's awesome. All right. So hashtag wheel of Kelsey tag two people. You get a second entry,
0: Kelsey, do your job, hit that button. We're going to commercial. I want to give a quick shout out to an incredible group of sponsors to help keep this podcast running. The Lunch with Norm podcast would not be possible without the support of the following sponsors. Post-Purchase Pro, Clear Ads, Jeff Schick Law, Rebate.com, Honu Worldwide, Digital Blacksmiths, Netfluence, Extreme Power, and Startup Club. Now back to the show. And don't forget VAA, our newest sponsor. Okay, so let's get into... This is going to be. I want to hear this. How to shrink your ad campaigns by twenty percent by uh, with influencer paid social?
1: Yeah, so for for sure. So uh, you know that 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 definitely is something that we've seen happen for a number of our brands. But I'm a big you know a bigger fan of under promise over deliver. So <laughs> so um, here here's basically the the simple strategy is that when you're talking about using influencers, we wanna look at all the different ways we can use that content and be smart about it, right? How do we stretch that content out? How do we repurpose it, replatform it? Whatever it is, ultimately we wanna we want to have a piece of content and figure out ways to, to use it. And so for us, one of the things that we've seen successful, I mentioned earlier, first make sure you get your, your um, paid social campaigns up and running, is that influencers can help optimize paid social campaigns. And and here's how that this is done. Some, some of you may be familiar with the term whitelisting for a lot of reasons. It's not a term that Facebook uses anymore. So we call it influencer paid social. And so we partner together with, with brands to get content from creators. That's generally speaking paid first, but it can be repurposing ads uh, you're repurposing content from you know youtube instagram TikTok, whatever the case may be so we get this we get these content um from from creators and then we will create about six different variations of that content so we will we will change the aspect ratio of the video we will change the sound we will change the start time we will change the text overlays and then we push out the ad content not from the brand's account but from the creator's account and so in the back end, we are linking together the brand's account together with the, the creator's account. We'll, you know, we'll install Pixel, we'll you know, assign yeah, <clears throat> we'll assign a UTM link, all the, all the standard things. And and ultimately we're running campaigns that are being pushed out from the creator's handle. And, and the brand is the one putting the dollars behind it. Um, but as you're scrolling through whatever platform, you know, let's just say meta, so whether it's Instagram or Facebook. It, it's showing up as something coming from the creator, um, but you're you're you as a brand are able to control that and you're able to direct it to, to your site. And what we've seen repeatedly is that yes, indeed, we are able to further optimize those campaigns relative to brand paid social uh, by somewhere in the neighborhood of you know fifteen to twenty percent. And and I think so much of that comes down to just the the trust that comes from not being sold to, but from having someone that you you know, like, and trust, or that just looks interesting to, to you advertise from that. Because I, I say both of those, because we would certainly, this gets into the details quickly here, Norm, so wave me off if you want to stop here. But in, in general, um, we would start by targeting the audience of the creator, right? So creator has 100,000 followers, we're targeting those 100,000 people. So the second step is we're targeting lookalikes of those 100,000 people then the third thing we're going to do is we're going to target the audience that the brand account has already developed and the fourth thing we're doing is we're targeting likes and interest of the of, of folks who are similar to to that creator and so what happens over time is we're able to you know find the right audiences that are that are effective and then even better yet, we're developing new audiences. So brand folks that are running brand accounts love this approach because now I have a new audience for me to push out for ads coming from my brand account as well. So we've seen influencer paid social be really, really effective. Um, it's certainly important to make sure you get the content right um, as, as part of this and, and working with the right creators to, to do that. Um, that. That's something that's easy to say and, and harder to, to do. Um, because you are now doing third party advocacy through the creators as opposed to you know brand advocacy coming from from directly from your from your account. So that's something you need to be aware of. but, yeah, we're we're seeing really, really good returns in the influencer paid social these days,
0: and you can leverage this, uh, which kind of left uh, leading to my next question about, how do you set these
1: all-time high sales records with uh, influencer gaming campaigns? Yeah, so gaming is interesting, right? So it's it's a totally different approach with with gaming. But you know, ga- gamers, you know, in, in in general, right? So I'm gonna, you know, gaming isn't gaming isn't gaming. My goodness, there's there's games that you know are tar- targeting older demographics, you know, Le- League of Legends or Call of Duty, and there's games that are targeting a younger demographic you know um, like fortnite for instance and, and there there's you know, everything in, the, in in between as well so you know talking it in gaming as a whole cuz it's so big is, is a little bit tricky but what, what we've found really good success with because this is a group that you can't reach through traditional mediums right these are these in general folks who are not watching tv they're deep into reddit and twitch and kind of don't don't uh, really enjoy consuming ma- mainstream content. So for so many brands, th- this is an incremental audience for for those brands. And for a long time, I would argue most brands still today they just don't understand gamers. And so the, it's it's a group that has so- and sometimes felt marginalized or at least missed. And so brands will go and be like, "Hey gamers, you know, do this or that," and immediately you you lost you've lost gamers, right? And so. With, with with the gaming audience you really really need to figure out a way to engage uh, with with the audience with something that they actually care about and so I think over time this comes to make sense right so in, engaging with the streamers that they really actually care about the teams meaning the eSports teams a competitive part part of gaming um, and, and then Really, figuring out a way to give back. So, g- giving back, a lot of folks deep in gaming really care about, you know, helping to support their favorite esports team or the streamers that they consume. I mean, it's really inherent in Twitch where people are, you know, giving dollars to people. That's how you say, you know, th- thank you in in on on Twitch. Um, so, where we've seen success is you know getting creative. So, basically, saying, okay, we have to first establish a presence. So it's, you know, League of Legends, right? You have to have a, a presence and be there repeatedly. And then if you're able to add value where someone is able to get something in the game, right? Or in the surrounding community, that's where we've seen really, really, you know, good, good success is like, hey, make this purchase. And then you, you'll you get, you know, this this sword, this protector, this whatever the case may, may be. An, an example of that is something that we did last year for the game awards so game awards is kind of like the oscars and the emmys except way bigger it's it's almost 10x uh bit bigger than the oscars the emmys in terms of view viewership and um final fantasy 14 this this new game uh, was coming or a, a new version of this game had had come out and uh, basically together we we uh ran, ran a campaign where if you ordered grubhub um you were able to get an emote so basically like your, your character could eat a pizza, uh, a pizza slice in, in the game, um, then you would know, you, get that. And people, people went crazy for it. People were really, really excited um, about that. You can still buy them now a year later on, on eBay for hundreds of, of dollars um, because that was something that's of value inside of the, the community. And so you know, gaming is, I think, a little bit more complicated because it does take more of a commitment to really, really show that audience that you are part of them and understand the community, but once you've really, really done that, there's just huge upside because it's sort of like the "one of us, one of us" sort of men- mentality that that exists there.
0: I uh, I remember uh, I interviewed this um, CEO of the largest esports company in the world, and I felt like an idiot when I started talking to him because I thought, you know, esports is like John Madden, and so he's. He uh, he said no, no, no. So he explained to me esports, and he starts telling me about these huge events that happen in the gaming community that fill stadiums. And I'm sitting there going, I had I'm so far removed, I had no idea that this existed. I mean, there's stadiums made just for esports. It's crazy. But um, anyways, that's me. I'm an old guy.
1: <laughs> so. No, it's true. I was at both Madison Square Garden and, uh, and, and the United Center just packed arenas uh, within the last year while, you know, at, at different esports a- events. I mean, they draw a huge, huge loyal crowd. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the fastest growing areas out there. So marketers that are looking to, you know, hop on the train for something that's high growth. I think that's this is a great area to hit your wagons to as well.
0: So I see that we have about 12 minutes left. Last question from me is, uh, you were mentioning, uh, this is pre-interview, but uh, how influencer marketing can acquire, uh, acquires customers with 15% higher lifetime value. So why don't we touch on that?
1: Yeah. And, and so this is something we I think we got a chance to chat about a little bit as well. And And the reason behind that is the lifetime value is that, People trust influencers, and when you have trust involved, they they tend to stick around longer, or maybe they have a little bit more forgiveness when there's a hiccup as a as a as a brand. Um, and and to be honest with you, we're, this is something that we're still trying to do some research to figure out the exact whys and, and wherefores. Mm-hmm. But this fifteen percent is a number that keeps coming up across brand partners that we work with. So it's basically looking at you know the the retention of someone that comes in through an influencer channel versus you know, the, the average non-influencer channel for, for the brand. And we're seeing that those customers stick around longer. Um, and, and a lot of times I think, you know, influencers take the time to explain a product as well and show a use case, not, not just, you know, tell its functions and features, but get a chance to really explain, you know, why it works and why it's helpful for them. Um, and, and that's something that's, that's really powerful. So, you know, so, so often, you know, we're, we're looking at things, in the here and now right you know how how are we doing in terms of our our roi or roas right or marketing efficiency ratio whatever whatever we're looking at you know we're looking at for for this month and so i think where influencer really starts to shine is is over time um as as well when you allow some of these brand advocacy pieces to to show out and those customers continue to to stick around with the, with the brand so that's that's one of the pieces of influencer that's that's really powerful but you're not going to re- really get a chance to see and appreciate un- unless you have some stick with that with that campaign over time. Very good. So, Kels, why don't we uh, go to the
0: couple of questions that we have?
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, uh, from Spencer. Do blogs which are not forward-facing still have the same effect as Instagram and TikTok influencers who are forward-facing?
1: Yeah. So let me, let me make sure I'm understanding this. So let me say not forward facing is that uh, I'll, I'll assume that means cause you don't have a face associated with that. You don't necessarily have an influencer. So there's more of just like a, a blog that's, that's well-respected and trusted for content, but not a person behind it. So that that's kind of Spencer, my understanding of the, the question, if I'm, if I'm wrong, let, let me know and happy to uh, better, better address the question. But I, I think one of the things that we've seen, within the influencer world, and I'll, I'll just pick on YouTube for a moment, is that creators who do show their face consistently on camera have better conversion numbers. So there's there's more trust that happens when you truly know and understand the person that's behind things. So in general, I think you're not gonna see as strong of, of conversion um, reliably when it's, when it's sort of uh, faceless. Um, that said, I mean, shoot, there's definitely ways that you can be very effective by by running these sorts of campaigns with with bloggers. Um, we we've seen it, um, but on average, you're going to have more effectiveness when when there's a, a face behind the the content and the advocacy. Well, what about a face for radio, like mine? <laughs> well, you know what's <laughs> what's funny, Norm, is that you know influencer marketing has been around for a very long time, and you know. What I like to harken back to is indeed radio. You know, hey, this is Bob from WXYZ. I was at Village Grill last night and had a fantastic burger with Bob the bartender. Why don't you go on to Village Grill and get yourself a beer and a burger? Tell Bob I sent you, right? That's been around for a long time. You're right, Saul Corman. Saul Corman in Canada, yep.
0: Anybody from Toronto knows Saul Corman. (laughs) On the Danforth.
2: Oh. All right. And uh, yeah, Spencer, he said, that's exactly what I meant. So, uh, right. Perfect. Right uh, okay. And our last question is from Luke. Uh, how do you utilize the content creator's account to repost the content without the creator being the one to do it?
1: Uh, sure. Well, two, two answers. For it. The flippant answer is you don't. Um, and, and unless I mean you have that, permission, right? That's exactly the second part of the question. Yeah. So yeah, cr- creators have to, to give that permission to you to be able to, to, you know be, be behind it certainly you're gonna have to compensate those those creators one way or or another because you're basically saying hey that audience that you just built from zero to hundred thousand and spent a whole bunch of time doing and went through all those you know challenges and and, and rabbit trails along along the way like hey I want I want to use that uh, now so yeah you, you do have to set it up in the in the back end but you've got to get the creator permission and certainly you know at that stage with a, with a brand account you know we could you could run it from an agency for directly from the brand. The creator could actually run it in 99.9% of cases. That, that's not what you would want to do because creators are excellent at developing content and i running paid social campaigns. But um, yeah, you, you need to get the, the creator's per- permission first as part of that.
0: And it's so important. Uh, first of all, it will cost you a lot more if you get a letter in the mail. Uh, you know, saying that uh, you didn't have that permission. I've seen that happen or heard about that happening to some people. Secondly, this is how they make their living. So um, some people don't want to pay that little bit extra for that uh, because, oh, it only took 30 seconds or it's only 30 seconds. But yes, it's like paying, you know, a consultant. Uh, you could pay a consultant a thousand bucks, five thousand bucks. The reason you do it is because they can get the job done for the most part. And that's the same with a content creator so uh, do not and I, I can't stress this enough uh we we've we've had a couple of creators on, big creators are um, uh, influencers on here and they found their <clears throat> information on the person's social site or on uh, on their website and uh, anyways I know one that went after the person for it and for a lot of money
2: um for those tiktok ads are you talking specifically like about like the spark ads that you can run through
1: yes so the way the way we see things uh inside of tiktok are, are three options right option number one creator can post from their organic uh account right now the, the downfall of creator posting from their organic account is you can't have a swipe up or a clickable link inside of inside of tiktok so from a brand you, you certainly can still do things from a from a, um, a brand awareness and a branding perspective, but there's there's no sort of mid and, and lower funnel options. Um, and then the the second option is doing spark ads. So it's basically saying, hey, take one piece of content and and boost it. And then you can do the swipe up slash clickable link. You can you know um, dial in it to specific demographics, which is great. And then the third thing, which we, you know we still consider to be influencer paid social, is you know taking that one piece of content and doing you know six ish versions of it to see which is performing the most effective so um it's it still is you know boosting content but you wouldn't even need the creator to go live on their account with these um, and so you're you're really taking the creativity um and then layering on the ability to you know test and learn and algorithmically see hey is this color better than the other what if we start here what if the text overlay says something you know smaller and, and, and simpler so there's different things that you can test. So again, organic spark ads and then influencer paid social are sort of the three ways that, that we think of things inside of tech
0: Okay. Very good. We're going to get you out of here on time. How's that? And by the way, I do want to talk to you after the podcast, I'll reach out to you a bit later on when you have more time. But, um, if you, if people have any questions, how do they reach your agency?
1: Yeah, probably the, the, the easiest way is just to go ahead and check out our website, outloudgroup.com. Uh, not outland, people for some reason left to transpose us too. So outloudgroup.com or shoot me an e- shoot me an email, Brad at outloudgroup.com if you want to get in touch with me. I gotta get back on the podcast. I had a great time talking with you. Yeah, thanks, Norm. Really, really appreciate it. Fun chopping it up with, with you and Kelsey here as well.
0: All right. So we got enough time to do the wheel of Kelsey. I can't hear you, Kelsey. Be professional.
2: We'll throw it on. There you go. We'll throw it on over to the uh, a quick sponsor, and then we'll get to the wheel of Kelsey. Okay.
0: I want to thank Jeff Schick Legal for sponsoring this episode of Lunch with Norm. You've probably heard on the podcast about Amazon suspensions. They're very real. It can happen at any time. And when it does happen, how do you get out of it? How does the little guy like you and me get out of these suspensions without paying an arm and a leg in legal fees? This is where Jeff Schick Legal is here to help. For a very low monthly retainer for only $89, get access to Amazon attorney Jeff Schick. That's right. You can sit back, relax, enjoy that cup of coffee while listening to the Lunch with Norm podcast, knowing that you have an advocate and a partner in your business success. But wait, just mention Lunch with Norm and receive 50% off the first two months. Get the protection you need and visit jeffschick.com today. That's J-E-F-F-S-C-H-I-C-K.com. Now let's get back to the show.
2: All right. So let's uh, go to the wheel of Kelsey and we'll uh, see who today's winner is. For the Wheel of Kelsey. Did uh, you get Simon's in there? I did. He's all right. In. So we got Simon all added in. Uh, thank you, everyone who uh entered today's Wheel of Kelsey. I'll spin this right now. Uh, if it's you are the winner, prize. please email me k at lunchwithnorm.com. And it looks like Chuck Ooh. is the winner.
0: All right, Chuck.
2: Congratulations. So that is K at lunchwithnorm.com. Um reach out to me and uh we'll connect you with your prize. And I saw Brad, uh your Outloud group, you've got some pretty big names that you've worked with in the past with uh, I see uh policy genius, athletic greens, grow pub. And those are a lot of the uh, companies that I see on podcasts when I'm watching that they really get like the most reach possible. So that's yeah. Pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. No, pre- appreciate it. We're really lucky to, to, to work with a, a bunch of great partners. So we're we're grateful for that. <laughs> awesome.
0: All right, Brad, well, thanks again for coming on. I do want to reach out to you a bit later on, but um Anyways, hopefully, we can get you back on the podcast for
1: uh, another really great session and uh, have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Norm. Really appreciate it. Great being on and would would love to come on again in the future. You have a great one as well. Want more great information? Don't forget to subscribe by clicking here.
0: Also, if you want to check out our latest podcasts, click over here.